This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. chapter 5, uh, verse 16 to verse 17. I just want to really this morning just talk about an amazing principle. I kind of feel if we just get hold of this principle, it just would absolutely revolutionize our lives. Very simple, but yeah, just an incredible principle to just make part of your, of your life. But 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 17. Really, it's just two words, really, but we're we do the whole verse next week. Rejoice always. That's really what I want to talk about. Just two words. Rejoice always. Uh, verse 17, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. My things in the Bible that... But after we kind of, kind of nip in and kind of in and out of it, I'm seeing more and more that a lot of principles there in the Bible are not just there for us to kind of jump in and jump out of it, but they're there for us to cultivate as a lifestyle. So what I want to talk about this morning is cultivating, rejoicing as a lifestyle. Not just something you do when you just feel like doing, but it's a lifestyle. You, you cultivate as a lifestyle. A lot of things in the Bible that we... We, we kind of never kind of, we just adjust at certain times, but I think a lot of the stuff, we've got to make it a lifestyle. It never really affects your life to it becomes a lifestyle. So I'm talking about rejoicing always and cultivated as a lifestyle. Do you notice he says rejoice how often? Not just sometimes, not just when we've had a good week, uh, not when everything's just gone our way and everything's fell into peace, we've had a great, amazing week. It says re. The word always means always. Never a moment, never a time when that's not part of us because it's a lifestyle. You know, worship, in a sense, has to be a lifestyle. If it's just something we do on a Sunday morning, it will never be something that you really deepen and become a part of life. Worship has to be a lifestyle, something you're continually doing every part of your life. It's a lifestyle. And in different aspects, we worship, not just through singing, but other ways and means our lives become a worship to God as a lifestyle. Your work becomes a worship of to God. Every part of our lives becomes as worship to God. It becomes a lifestyle. Can you see that? And it really affects our lives when it becomes a lifestyle. Think about this. That God's intention, really, for us, you think about it, the whole purpose, the thing the Bible says we've been predestined for, or, or the destiny that God has in our lives, is very simply... For us to be more and more like Jesus. Isn't that obvious? But yet we miss it. Everything we're called to do. God wants us to be like Jesus. We've got to learn to be like Jesus. To respond like Jesus. To act like Jesus. To do what Jesus did. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be like Jesus. 
you see that? And so often God allows certain things in our life that are there to form us, to make us what? More like who? Jesus. Remember that armband? I'd be still have that now. WWDG. Remember that one? What would what Jesus do? Probably have said all, did I say the word? I probably have said them all wrong, but you know what I mean. Eh? What would Jesus do? And that doesn't just one like a little saying, but we've got to learn to be like that in life. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond to that circumstance? What would Jesus do in that situation? How would Jesus deal with that person? What would Jesus say about that situation? And the more you begin to sort of become like that, this is what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that, 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 that rejoicing, let me put it this way, that rejoicing has to be part of the way you think. In other words, the way we think is going to be marked by a life of rejoicing. And what God is saying to us, notice there's this sandwich. Rejoice always, then he talks about prayer, then he talks back about thanksgiving. In other words, if prayer is to be effective, prayer has to have at the very core of it celebration. It's not me just bringing a load of needs to God, but it's it's cultivating this, this celebration in the midst of my praying. And the Bible says, if I would put praising and, and thanksgiving right there, cultivating that as part of my prayer life, my prayer life is going to increase dramatically. Because it's praying, thanksgiving, praying, thanksgiving. It's, it's a sandwich together. And so part of my prayer life, a lot of it's got to be down to thanksgiving. It's got to be that part of it which will dramatically increase the prayer. That's what I'm saying. When we learn to rejoice, this is what's going to happen. It's going to actually cause you to become more Christ-like. You know why that is? Because your attitudes begin to change. Your responses begin to change. And through developing a lifestyle of rejoicing, you become more and more like Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? And that's all that we want. Here's the first thing about rejoicing. Rejoicing is rooted in God's presence. Those of you taking notes, right there's the first thing. Rejoicing is rooted in God's presence. It's rooted in who he is, how he's known in heaven. Ever read the fruit of the Spirit? One thing we don't totally grasp is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, if you like, is the character of God. It's the character of Jesus. Jesus was full of love, is that right? He was full of peace and long-suffering. So the fruit of the Spirit isn't is the character of God himself. And one of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's joy. Joy, that the character of God is made available to each one of us. And so we're in the business of becoming Christ-like. Joy is of God. Joy is actually the atmosphere of heaven. How many realize that? Joy is the atmosphere of heaven. And when I abide in joy, I'm bringing the atmosphere of heaven. The kingdom of God is joy, peace, and power in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the kingdom. The kingdom is a kingdom of joy. In other words, the atmosphere of heaven, I've got a some way release in my own personal world. You see that? In other words, in my home, God wants something of the atmosphere of heaven in my home. God wants something of the atmosphere in heaven in my own personal life, in my own personal world. And rejoicing, if you like, 
brings something of the atmosphere of heaven. And we're living out the truth. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Is that right? And so I'm creating something of the atmosphere of heaven. And you're touched by God. Let me know the whole atmosphere is affected. One of the great truths, I, this powerful, is that we leak. The issue is what we leak. <laughs> what do we leak from our lives? Do we leak negativity? Do we leak complaining or moaning? Or do we leak something of the atmosphere of heaven? Do we leak joy? Do we leak love? It's not the fact we leak, it's what we leak the issue is. And God wants us to leak the atmosphere of heaven. He wants us to leak joy. In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. As he is, so are we in this world. If joy is how God is, then by definition, that's who we are. As he is, he's full of joy. And so if he's a God of joy, then by definition, that's really who I should be. Can you see that? Rejoicing. Rooted in the presence. Because God is a joy. God of joy, I rejoice. Here's the second thing. Rejoicing is a response to God's nature. Bible speaks about renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. In other words, to think like he thinks. That's what renewing the mind is. Where you begin to think like God thinks. You don't think the way you used to think. You don't think according to your old nature. You think like God thinks. That's what it means to renew your mind, to change the way you think. So you begin to think the thoughts of God, and you begin to think like God thinks. Here's a way to see. God does not think from a position of misery. He thinks from a position of joy. That's a powerful truth. That when God thinks, he thinks from a place of joy. Look at John 15. I just think this is such a, an amazing, powerful verse. John 15, verse 11. God speaks. This is what Jesus says. These things I've spoken to you, and he said a lot of things. He says, the reason why I've spoken these things to you, why did he do it? So that your joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. I found this. Every time God speaks, every time you hear his voice, you always feel good about yourself. Think about that. If I ever think about the way I think about myself, I don't always necessarily feel good about myself. But when I really hear what God says to me, it always makes me feel good about myself. He's always talking of ways to redeem you. Jesus has invested a great deal in order for you to be a person who would experience joy. Look at Psalm 96, verse 11. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the fields be joyful and all there is in it. 
Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. In other words, we rejoice in who God is, not just what God does. If I rejoice just when things are going well for me, I won't be rejoicing all times. But if I can rejoice in who God is, then I can be rejoicing every moment of my life, because he doesn't change, is that right? If I see how good he is, how merciful he is, how loving he is, and that becomes the basis of my rejoicing, I've always got reason to rejoice. And if, almost, if I want to live under an open heaven, I think a lot of people live their life under a closed heaven. They feel a heaviness continually and all kinds of stuff pressing down on them. A lot of people live their life like that. It's almost a, an atmosphere of, of negativity and torment and unhappiness. And, and often people live under that kind of atmosphere. But God wants you to live under an atmosphere of an open heaven. And the way you live your life under an atmosphere of an open heaven is learning the importance of rejoicing. Every time you rejoice, it's opened some atmosphere. The heaven is open over you. And so we become carriers of that wherever we go. You see that? That's God's purpose for us, that we carry joy in us. And as we carry that joy in us, we kind of leak that joy. We release that joy wherever we are. That's where the power of Christianity is. It isn't just by just speaking a lot of clever words. It's leaking. It's releasing what God's put in us and affecting everything around us. Allowing that. In other words, we become, we experience the attributes of God. That's a powerful truth. I remember I used to, we used to read a lot of stuff, and there's a Bible because a lot of theology, a lot of stuff who God was. And that's important. But something touched my heart. I want to experience that. I don't want it just to be some theological sort of intellectual understanding. I want to experience the goodness of God. Everyone to know that. I want to experience the love of God. Paul said that that was his uttermost prayer, that you might experience, that you wouldn't just understand it, but you'd actually experience the love of God for you. And all that God is, he wants us to experience it in our day-to-day -day life. Not just some theological concept, but something that we experience in our lives. Here's the thing. I can only experience that which I conceive. The kind, of, the kind of church I was first saved in, I got this idea. If you tell me what I, how I conceive God to be, this is how I would conceive God to be. As some really strict schoolmaster, that's what I conceive God to be. And almost the moment I stepped out of line, he was going to get me. And so I, I, I tried to live my life making sure I would do nothing for God to get me. And that was my idea and my concept of God. I never really thought of him as a God of joy. I couldn't really conceive him ever as a God of joy. In fact, if anything, I would think he, was, he seemed kind of fairly miserable, actually. And that was my concept of God. And because that was my concept of God, I never really experienced his joy. But the more I began to recognize that one of the attributes of God is a God of joy, then I began to experience it because that's how I conceive God to be. What am I saying? You'll never get any higher in your Christian experience than how you can conceive God to be. And never move beyond that. How you, what you think about God is the most important thing. The way we think about God drives everything we are and everything we become. And joy, to me, is one of the signs of a healthy relationship with God.
studying about rejoicing, one thing I found, that every time he talks about rejoicing, it's always in connection with trials and difficulties. It's amazing that whenever you see trials and difficulties mentioned, you always find the word rejoice. Rejoice. Count it all a joy. When you enter into diverse trials, and you find that time and time again. In other words, we don't just rejoice when things are going well. I remember, God, something, I remember once feeling so miserable, I was complaining about this, complaining about that. Almost this sense in my, I've got nothing to rejoice about whatsoever. And I felt God say to me, you always have reason to celebrate. You always have reason to celebrate. And I think maturity, Christian maturity, is defined in the quality of celebration in opposing circumstances. Then we to see rejoicing, God's design rejoicing, not as something that he necessarily benefits from, but he's designed rejoicing so that you can have joy in the most adverse circumstances. Isn't that powerful? God designed rejoicing for us. Is design rejoicing so whenever you're facing hard, difficult, overwhelming circumstances, you can still have joy in the midst of it. He's designed it in a specific way. It's almost as I get this picture that it's almost like a bucket. You feel overwhelmed, you're crushed, and you begin to rejoice. And you let down your bucket, if you like, that seems so empty. But when you let down your bucket and you're rejoicing, as you begin to pull it back up again, you know what's in your bucket? Joy. Because rejoicing is a way and a means for you to experience joy in the most hard, difficult circumstances. Yes, amen to that. Look at Matthew 5. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice always. Matthew 5, verse 11. Blessed are you. In other words, happy are you. Joyful are you when they revile you. How many thought that was going to say, when you're having a great week? He's saying, blessed, happy are you when they revile you and persecute you. And they say all kinds of evil things against you. Falsely for my sake. What should you do? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That word there in the Greek means demented happiness. It means deliriously happy. You know one thing I found about God? We notice there's no ounce of pity there. Have you noticed sometimes that that's what we want sometimes. We almost want God to say to us, I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly what you're going through. Oh, you've been treated badly. I know exactly what you feel. I've been treated badly. Oh, they said that about you. Oh, I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly how hard it is. People let you down. I know exactly how you feel, friend. You know, God doesn't do that. Notice that. God is saying... The best way out of this situation, if you don't want to get to a place of bitterness, if you don't want to get to a place of resentment, the only way you're going to prevent that from happening is by cultivating a lifestyle of rejoicing. So here's what happens. When we don't cultivate a lifestyle of rejoicing, 
we tend to get bitter and resentful. And God's saying, I want what's best for you. And I don't want you to be overwhelmed by bitterness and resentment. And the only way you're going to protect yourself from that is for you to rejoice. Almost God's saying to me, John, I want you to really be blessed. That's an incredible truth for me. That hit me like a... I never ever really conceived that, that God actually wanted, wants me to be blessed. The Bible says God delights in the prosperity of his people. So God actually wants you to be blessed. I know that's hard for sometimes for us to conceive, but God wants you honestly to be blessed. And so he, he puts certain things in place so that you can live a blessed life. And one of the ways you can live a blessed life is to develop and cultivate a lifestyle of rejoicing. Because God says, I really want to bless you. I really want to work in your life. But in order for that to happen, you really need to rejoice. Instead of allowing that situation to pull you down, why don't you allow it to take you to the next level? Here's what happens. We allow so many circumstances to bring us down rather than allowing those circumstances to take us to the next level in God. And rejoicing is the opportunity for you to reach a new level in God. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing. Rejoicing connects us to God's personality, to God's person. See, what we're saying is, God, I really say this, God, I really want to be like you. Jesus, I really deeply want to be like you. You seem to be the happiest person I know. I found that Jesus is the happiest person I know. God is the happiest person I know. Nothing seems to bother you. Nothing seems to get to you. You live in this place above this stuff. And I believe there's a life in Christ where we live, we live above where we are. And I think we've got to go through things, but he said, alone those things to weigh us down. Jesus said, my yoke is what easy, and my burden is light. In other words, you get to a place where you don't get your P's and Q's, if you like, from the world around you. That doesn't direct your life. That doesn't control your life. I think the problem is often we, we are ruled and controlled by what we see around us. That was that word came, that circumstance, the things around us. That's often controls and dictates to a lot of people's lives. They're dictated to by their circumstances and what's going on around them. But God wants you to live not from the outside. He wants you to live from the inside. Isn't it amazing? We tend to live by the outside. How I feel, how my circumstances are, how people treat me, how people respond to me, how good my life is going. And we live our lives based on things around us, where God wants us to live, not from the outside, but he wants us to live from the inside. And so what's in you begins to affect what's outside you, rather than what's outside you affecting what's inside you. Can you see that? We go often totally back to front. So, so what's in me, hopefully, can begin to change what's around me. Where there's disturbance, the peace that's in me, God wants me to change that disturbance. Where there's pain and heartache, God wants what's inside me to affect and change that around me. And so I begin, rejoicing is the way to live your life from the inside out rather than from the inside, outside out. Rejoicing allows you to live that kind of life. I think rejoicing causes you to live that life. That what it means that whenever I face a really hard circumstance, situation, if I'm living my life from the inside out, almost that when I go through a hard time, I can have anticipation. I can say, Lord, what are you going to do through this hard circumstance? 
How are you going to make me more like Jesus? How are you going to work in this situation? I can have actually anticipation. Lord, how much more are you going to move in my life through this? How much joy I'm going to have? How much joy I'm going to receive? Jesus, all things are possible. I wrote this down because I thought it was such an amazing, powerful statement. Someone said this. There is no such thing as a negativity, only a possibility that we've not yet determined. Isn't that powerful? Let me say that again. There is no such thing as a negativity, only a possibility that we are not yet determined. In other words, we come so fixed on the negativity that we look at a circumstance and something really hard and we can't see any possible benefit from that situation. We just can't see it. What rejoicing does is it allows us to discover the possibilities. And you're saying, God, when you're rejoicing, you're saying, Lord, I believe even this situation is so hard, so heartbreaking, I still believe there are possibilities for you to use this. I don't know how you can do it. I don't know how you can work it through. But I'm rejoicing in the midst of this because I know there's still possibilities in this situation. I still believe there's things you can do in this situation. Isn't that wonderful? Rejoicing is not an event-driven lifestyle. But it's a lifestyle to be cultivated. I believe with all my heart. It's believing that God can turn things around and make it work for your good. I found this. The nature of God is to use things that are against us to benefit us. Rejoicing is our way of delighting in who God is for us. Here we raise if I could put it this way, it's a precursor for trust. If you're finding it really hard to trust and believe God, and you'll be amazing, as you rejoice, you'll find faith rising up inside you. I found that time and time again. I just feel this faith begin to rise up in you. Trust begins to rise up in you. You discover the faith in you begins to be released as you begin to rejoice. James 1, 24. Here's a nice verse. Here's a lovely, lovely verse. What an interesting, what a hard thing to work through, but what a powerful truth. James 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy. Notice the word all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, notice this, and lacking in nothing. Isn't that powerful? Lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. In other words, God wants you to come to a place where you're not lacking anything of God's benefits in your life. And he says the way you do it is that you rejoice and you count it all a joy. It's almost, if I use this word, almost a paradox. Long-suffering with joy. Doesn't that sound opposite? Long-suffering with joy. But it's almost the, the, 
that whatever you're going through, joy keeps going on all the time. That you can experience continually and constantly. Everything starts with celebration and finishes with celebration. The most powerful form of worship, actually, is lamentations. In other words, I will, yet I will worship. That's what it starts with. But yet I will worship. In other words, what I'm going through right now is a chapter. It's not the whole book. What I'm going through now is not the end of the journey. And so I begin to see that the the, the God is going to turn this whole thing around. And so I'm going to rejoice in it. Keep on rejoicing. That's what the the word means. Keep on rejoicing. Always keep calmly happy. In other words, keep rejoicing always. One scripture again, almost for 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, verse 13. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. He's saying in your most dire moments, you can have incredible ability to rejoice. Rejoice. It becomes this incredible, powerful lifestyle. This awesome, amazing lifestyle. This this, this lifestyle that, that is controlled because rejoicing keeps you going it stops you quitting it stops you giving up as you rejoice it means you keep going even through the most difficult times it's a choice that says i'm going to rejoice and the more i choose to rejoice it's a stayer it keeps you going it keeps you focused it keeps you going forward it's a sign of a powerful lifestyle In other words, because David learned to rejoice in the small things, he was able to face the big things. Because he he, he was able to run towards Goliath, because he learned to be intimate with God, with the bear and with the lion. He had had experienced who God was for him, even in the small things. So he was able to face the, the big things. Rejoicing pulls us away from a negative mindset. He removes the stress. He brings strength. It causes us to remain refreshed in our lives. Sometimes we can live out of weariness and tiredness, and, and we feel spiritually weary. Almost we feel spiritually dehydrated. We just feel so dry, and, and we're just inside. We don't, feel to, we don't seem to have any inner resources, and we feel weary and down, and almost spiritually dehydrated. You know what rejoicing does? It keeps you fresh. Keeps you vibrant. It, it, it keeps you just, it's almost like getting a cool drink on a hot day. It keeps you refreshed. It keeps you overflowing. When there's no rejoicing, there is dryness. There is parchness in the spirit when there is no rejoicing. I think rejoicing causes you to have a spirit of declaration. You begin to say, Devil, you're not robbing that for which God has given me. I'm declaring that 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 home is my territory. Those children, if you like, are my territory. That ministry is my territory. That dream I've got in my heart, that's my territory. And nobody's going to steal it or take it away from me. 
And so as I rejoice, I'm declaring that is my territory. And no one will steal or take that away from me. I'm declaring it. I'm declaring it in my life. One last verse, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tenuous, but it's for your sake. Philippians, next chapter, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's almost, if you didn't get it once, let me give it to you again. If it's, if, if it's taking time to get down inside you, if you somehow haven't got it yet, let me repeat it. Rejoice, and again, I say rejoice. That's the only, almost the only portions in, in the scriptures where you find that Paul almost saying, look, remind yourself of this. Don't let go of it. Just keep reminding yourself over and over again. Not when things are going well, but when those difficult circumstances are coming, when, when things are falling apart, I'm making a commitment. I'm making a quality decision. I'm going to rejoice. That's how we should face the enemy. We face him with a spirit of rejoicing. You know what happens if we don't develop that in our lives? We become quite hard. In other words, that when you face a hard situation and you rejoice, no, it does. It puts, it puts tenderness in your spirit. It puts a gentleness inside you. If you don't learn to rejoice, all you're going to do is get very hard, and very bitter. Rejoicing keeps the heart tender. It keeps your heart soft. It causes your heart to be tender to God. Isn't that wonderful? Causes you to, to respond, not in a hard, arrogant way. It causes you to respond to something with a gentleness of spirit. And rejoicing is the only way that's going to happen. And so he says, rejoice, rejoice, and rejoice every part of your life. Let it be a lifestyle, something that you cultivate and you develop in your life. Sometimes, humanly, that's the last thing your flesh want to do. Is that right? You want to get mad. You want to feel, I know for me, I used to feel, I always used to feel sorry for myself. You know, full of self-pity. You know what that really is sometimes? That's not a kind of victim mentality. Why does it always happen to me? Why does everything fall apart for me? Why does it always happen for me? It's almost this self-pity. And your flesh wants to do that. Your flesh wants people just to sympathize with you. But God says, really, that's not going to really help you. That's not going to really benefit you. God brings wisdom. And we love the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is so different to the wisdom of men. The wisdom of God is when you're facing a hard time, rejoice. The wisdom of men is complain and moan. The wisdom of God is rejoice and rejoice always because that's how you're going to work that through. You'll benefit. Rejoice.
Thank you for listening to this free download from Delance Healing Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.